0: Good look at you, oh my goodness. Hey listen, so I was gonna say, did you miss me? I'm not asking that question, because I've been watching. You've had some good preaching over the last (laughs) little bit. with They've done a great job, haven't they? But I can speak for myself. I have missed you guys, man, you look great, it's so awesome to see you, and I know a lot of people are doing a bunch of traveling right now uh, to get in those last minute vacations before school starts, and I just want you to know that I'm honored that you're here, and, and before we jump into the message and all that, I, w- I wonder if you'll do me a favor. If you'll just, right there where you're sitting, if you would just take a nice, deep breath, just I want everybody to just chill out. You're in God's house. And this is a place where you shouldn't have any kind of anxieties or any kind of fears. You're in his presence. And the Bible says in his presence, there is the fullness of joy. So I don't want you to be so concerned about what happened last week or last year or oh my goodness, what's waiting for you like this coming week. I want you just the next little bit of time that we have together, I want you to just enjoy being in God's house. I am just tickled that you're here. So awesome to see you this morning. I got a message. I've been off for about five weeks and I'm I'm back you guys, I'm charged up and I'm ready. There was some crazy things that had happened this year but I took some time and I spent some time with my family and with some friends and in the word of God and exercising, I'm back. And so I titled my message today, I'm making a comeback. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm making a comeback. Let them know, let them know. And so I believe that's for you this morning. And so I believe that's the word of the Lord for you this morning. But you understand how this works, right, Tracy? Like to to make a comeback, you have to have been somewhere, right? You have to have been somewhere, and you have to be willing to tell yourself the truth. You have to look at it like this, Karen. It's like in order to make a comeback, you have to say, wait a minute. There was a time in my life where I was a little bit further along, than I am now. You you, you have to tell yourself the truth. And I don't know, maybe for you, it's like, man, there was a time where I felt like my relationships were better. Or maybe there was a time where I felt like I was in a better financial situation. Or maybe for you, if you're here or you're watching, you might be sitting here today thinking, I remember a time when it just seemed like I was a lot more on fire for God than I am now. In order to make a comeback, You have to be willing to tell yourself the truth and look at where you are honestly. And so what I believe today, family... And what I came to encourage you in in this morning is this, my beautiful family, that wherever you are today, wherever you've been, I want you to know that your situation is not so bad, is not so dark that God and his power can empower you to make a comeback. I see it for you. I'm not so concerned about where you are today. Because God is with you, and he'll get you to where you're going. It's time to make a comeback. And so there's some things, family, a few things that we're going to look at today here that can derail that comeback. There's some things that I that I came to warn you about today. If, if you want to make a comeback, if you're willing to look at your life honestly and just say, Man, I used to be more of this or less of that, there's some things that can kind of derail that comeback. And I want to make sure that these things don't rob the purpose of God in your life. Alright, so one of the things that, that I've defined for us today, and your first blank there in the note, in your notes, is throwback. And what do I mean by that? We can get caught in this constant cycle of throwback. Here's how I've defined throwback for us today. To be overly preoccupied with events from the past. How many of you have ever been there before? In this constant cycle of reading yesterday's news. And what happens when you get caught in this cycle of of being in a throwback, you keep you keep yourself stuck back in the day. Oh, it used to be and because cuz let's be honest you guys, because there are a lot of times where we're not that bright, what we do when we look back on the past, we have a tendency to glamorize the past, don't we? It's like, "Oh, I remember the good old days." And if we were going to be honest, we gripe now and we griped back then too. Right? <laughs> and so, we have this Tendency to want to look back in the day and read the old news. And how many of you know it is very difficult for you to move forward when you're constantly always looking backwards? And so I came to tell you this morning, family, the word of the Lord for you is Behold, God wants to do a new thing, but you've got to let go of the old thing. Yes. It's one thing for A freshman in college, maybe who used to be the high school star quarterback to say, man, back in high school, but when you're 40 and you're still talking about back in high school, you can get stuck in this cycle of throwback. But I remember when it seemed like I was happier back then. It seems like we had more Back then, God is wanting to do something new, but we're so focused on back in the day. And an example for you from scripture, so Moses, you know Moses, right? He's the guy, the, the, the dude that God said, hey, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And he's like, God, are you sure? Like you want me? And God's like, yeah, I want you. So he went over and over and over again and God sent plagues. And, but God did miracle after miracle to get his people free, to set his people free because God said to his people, I've got something better for you. I've got a promised land for you and that's for you this morning too. God's got a promised land for you, and it's not a land where there's no troubles. It's not a land where there's no heartbreak, but it's a land that God has said is yours, and so they get on their way, and Once they start on their way, Pharaoh changes his mind and they get to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's like, I want you to track them all down and I want you to kill them, kill them all. And so they get to the Red Sea, they start freaking out like you would and guess what God does? God does this enormous miracle. He parts the Red Sea, you guys, arguably the biggest miracle in the Bible except for the resurrection. Certainly, it's the, the, the largest miracle that affected the most number of people so this is a period after they have walked through the Red Sea. How do you imagine they're behaving? Don't you imagine they're just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we made it. We, don't you imagine in this season, they would be praising God and just like, oh man, God kick some booty. God, get. Let's jump into your notes and see exactly what a throwback looks like. They set out for Elam and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month. So let me get this straight for you guys. All right. They've been traveling for two months and 15 days. Now, you want to talk about the longest road trip? Your kids in the car ever say like, are we there yet, are we there yet? You know how it starts out cute the first couple times. Are we there yet? And it's like, no, we're not there, and if you ask again, I'm putting you in the trunk. And so, can you imagine how many times Moses had to hear, are we there yet, in two and a half months? Since they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of people were praising God. And pra- no, what were they doing, family? They all grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Oh, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So what are they doing, family? They're looking back on the years when they were slaves, saying, oh, it was so much wonderful when we were slaves. And we tend to do that, don't we? Well, this was better then, and that was better than and God is saying, I've got something New. I've got something better. And so we, family, we've got to break out of that cycle of glamorizing the past, looking back, so that we can have all that God has in store for us. You've got to be willing, my beautiful family, to let go of the old, to let go of the familiar, so that God can bring you into the promised land. And so you have to ask yourself, Are you tired of suffering? Are you tired of trying to make things happen on your own? And it can feel safe, and it can feel comfortable holding on to stuff from the past, even if it's not good for you. Even if it's not good for you, you can find yourself holding on to stuff from the past because it's just what you're used to. And so there might be some people in your throwback cycle that you need to throw away. God is saying, I want to do something new with you and for you. It's time for you to make a comeback. But you got to get out of this cycle. Looking back, looking back, looking back. Another thing that can kind of derail our comeback family is something that I call setback. Now, we all know what a setback is, right? We all have different kinds of setbacks in our lives. And how I've defined setback for us today is this, family, a temporary problem or distraction that stops forward momentum. Now, do you wanna know the most important word in this definition? Can you shout it, family? The most important word is temporary. Let me hear you. Temporary. It's a temporary problem or distraction that comes along to stop your forward momentum. You're all excited it's like, I'm ready. I'm ready, Pastor Matt. I'm ready to make that comeback do it and i'm gonna trust god and then boom you hit a barrier maybe it's a financial setback it's like man we're we've been given and trusting god but it's just not happening for us maybe you showed up to work and they were downsizing and it's like your job was one of the ones they let go It's in those times, family, when those kinds of setbacks come, because they will come. Sometimes we get it in our mind. It's like, but but if I'm really doing God's will and I'm really doing things right, then there shouldn't be any hills and valleys. And the truth is, a lot of the times when you're doing exactly what God wants you to do, that's when the enemy throws the setback at you. And so you need to remember that it's temporary. It's temporary. We can get so focused on, oh my gosh, and and just absolutely freak out. It's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so I came to tell you this morning, my beautiful family, it matters what you do when you're in a setback. It absolutely matters what you say. It matters when you find yourself in some kind of setback. How should a Christian respond. Paul and Silas are two dudes in the Bible, man, that killed it for Jesus. They were just like doing amazing things, and they were doing exactly what God designed them to do. They were going around healing people and and telling people about Jesus, and on their way, they came across this demon-possessed woman and she was a slave, and so her owners loved that she was demon-possessed because what the demon in her would do is it would give her the ability to tell the future. And so her, her owners like made money off of her, and so Paul and Silas came across this woman, and actually the truth is is they started annoying Paul. They started saying a bunch, she started saying a bunch of weird stuff, and so Paul's like, all right, I'm done. I rebuke you, come out in Jesus' name. And the woman was set free from this demon. You know we serve a God that can set people from, free from those kinds of spiritual things, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, her owners were mad because there went their source of income. You know what I mean? And they went and reported them, and they were arrested, they were doing what God instructed them to do. And then this setback. You were doing what you felt like God wanted you to do. Why isn't it working out? I'm giving. Where is this, open the storehouses of heaven and pour me out a blessing, where is it God? God, I'm, I'm not jumping into the same mess at work that people, are. I'm not gossiping, and I'm not doing, God, God, why are people turning on me? Where's my blessing? Why am I dealing with this setback? Paul and Silas are in jail, and what do you imagine during this sem- temporary setback that they're doing? Look at this, family, about midnight. Paul and Silas were what, my beautiful family? Praying hymns. They're in jail. And it's not like the jails we have today. You, You know back then, right? Praying and singing hymns to God. And I don't want this to be lost on you, my beautiful family. And the prisoners were listening to them. What you're going through right now, that setback, that you're in right now is not all about you. There are people who are going through the same stuff that you're going through and they're watching and they're listening. Why does he have peace? What? You know, my friend Ron here is a farmer and it looked bad at the beginning of this crop. season. it was te- Do you know other farmers are listening to you, Ron? Well, we might as well just scrap it. We might as well just throw this crop away. We might, there- when you're in a setback, and I remember a couple of years ago, there, it looked like the crop, you guys, it was bad. And several friends of mine who are farmers, they said, this is, this is bad, but we're trusting God. And do you know it ended up being one of the biggest crops that year. I be- and so people are listening to you. It matters what you say when you're going through your setback. And do you know it's actually possible to make your setback last a lot longer by what you say? And so there are people in the same situation as you, girl. And they're like, how in the world does she have peace? <laughs> how should, I know what's going on. Where, what, here she is, just smiling and good. You need to remind yourself it's temporary. It's temporary and God's with me. And when you're in that setback that stinks, you need to remind yourself. And that's the time for you to begin to praise, even when it doesn't make sense. When everybody's looking at you and they know what's going on, that's the time for you to just bust out in some crazy praise and watch what God will do. So they're in there, singing in prison. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, would you do me a favor and shout immediately? That's what we all want, right? And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. God didn't just show up and set his boys free. When you begin to praise and your faith continues to grow, even in the midst of your suffering, you can be used by God to help someone else get free. Got to remember, family, that when you're in the middle of that setback, you tell yourself, because I've been telling myself this this year, family, that my setback is just a setup for God to give me my greatest comeback. It's just a setup. It's just temporary. So I don't know what it is for you. And what I'm not saying, what I'm not saying, Kenny, is live in a world of denial. Never like, nope, nope, everything's great. How are you doing? Oh, it's wonderful. Like, no problems. You know, we all walk around like grinning idiots. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh no, we're all great. Like, oh yeah, happy life, happy life, la 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 la. No, no. I'm not talking about using your faith as a way to live in denial. I'm just talking about you not being so moved by your feelings and not being so moved by your circumstances that you forget all of the promises that God has made you. There is no setback that can nullify the promises of God over your life. You are predestined to conquer. It's in your DNA. I'm not your neighbor and say, "It's in your DNA, baby) it's in your- you're destined to conquer. So it's just a setback. And I know it might be scary, and I know it might be, yeah, but what are you going to do? And I, 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 it's temporary. And what you're going to do is you're going to remember who you are and remember whose you are. And you're you're not going to stand on your feelings and you're not going to stand on your fear, but you're going to stand on the promises of God and God is going to bring you out. He's faithful. He's faithful, family. Lastly, and I got to admit to you, this last thing was the whole reason I put this message together. There are times when we get caught in a cycle of looking back, the throwback cycle. Then there are times when we find ourselves in a flat out setback. It's a setback. Things were things were grooving, you're doing thing, and you hit a setback. But lastly, family, this is the big one. The times when you feel like your life has been hijacked. These aren't so easily dismissed. I define that for us today as this family, the process of altering or stealing someone's plan or life. The events of 9-11 that took so many lives was so devastating in so many ways. I want you to imagine, you guys, those people purchasing their tickets because they're going home to see mom and dad. Those people purchasing their tickets because we're going on vacation. You know, they, they've made their plans and they're all excited about this trip that they're going to be going on and it's September 11th, 2001. It's just great. We're going on vacation only to find that your happy family memories, your beautiful vacations, your getaway has been hijacked by your worst nightmare. Suddenly you don't care about your plans. It's like, but I wanna be in the beach like Pastor Brenda was talking about, I wanna go. I want to go see mom. Suddenly, the realization of how fragile life is hits you. And the only thing you're thinking in those moments is, I want to live. I want to live. What are some hijacking situations in our lives? Divorce. It's definitely a hijack situation. I saw us growing old together. Or I saw... You know a place a lot of times where a lot of people's lives are hijacked, Phil? The doctor's office. You find a lump or you've got this persistent cough that won't go away. I remember like it was yesterday, diva saying, Matt, feel this. And she's my wife, so I'm allowed to, all right? <laughs> she's like, is this weird? Is this weird? I'm like, yeah. Like, what's the deal? And I've told you this story. Suddenly, our plans for the future are hijacked because she's got breast cancer. You know what it's like to have plans and dreams for your children. And out of nowhere, this addiction hijacks their future. Do, what do you do when it's not a setback? When it's not you looking back in the past, your life, it's been hijacked. Peter is another superhero of the Bible, and Peter was one of those guys. He was a, a Jewish man, and he thought that this message of Jesus Christ was only for the Jews, but then God showed him a vision. He's like, Nope, mm-mm, it's for everybody. So Peter got all excited and he started telling non Jewish people about the goodness of Jesus Christ. He was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. Don't get it twisted, you guys, okay? It's like, I'm doing what God, this shouldn't be that hard. There are times when it's that hard because you're doing exactly what God's called you to do. So Peter's plan and Peter's life really hijacked. Herod Herod Agrippa, he decided to persecute the church and he threw Peter in jail. Now when Herod was about to bring him out before the people on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Now hold on. So you're doing the work of the Lord, and you get arrested. They throw you in jail, and the idea is because they've already killed James. I need to tell you that Herod has already killed James. The idea is I'm going to bring you out before the Jewish people, and we're going to kill your butt. Okay, so what's he doing asleep? I mean, he's there. He's bound with chains. He's laying between two soldiers, and he's asleep. That just blows my mind. Centuries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. I want you to shout to your neighbor one last time. Say, get up. Get up quickly. And the chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself. And put on your sandals, and he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow you. I don't want you to miss this, family. The angel shows up, and you know we serve the kind of God that could have made it all happen for Peter. The angel could have showed up, and magically Peter could have been dressed and had his shoes on and everything. But I want you to know the angel gave Peter the opportunity to participate in his miracle. I came to tell you this morning that there's too many of of us just sitting around waiting for God to do something. There are times when God says, get up and get your behind dressed. It's time for you to do something. Yeah. He says, get up. Get shoes on. Put your cloak on because no one wants to see your naked behind running out of prison. <laughs> Wrap your cloak around you, man. And he went out and he followed him. Get this, you guys, Peter did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Has God ever showed up for you so much that it blows your mind? No matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how long you've been saved, that God shows up and you find yourself saying, I can't believe it. <laughs> you know what I mean? God is just, he, uh, if God always does what we expect, then he'd never have the opportunity to do the unexpected. Hmm. Peter's like, is this real? When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. And guess what? It opened for them Of its own accord. Who opened the gate, you guys? Come on. And they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself and was like, okay, now I'm sure that the Lord sent in his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. The word of the Lord for you this morning is he will give his angels charge over you. My life's been hijacked, Pastor Matt. What should I do? What should I do? What you should do is know that God sees you. He knows exactly what broke you? He knows exactly the point when you felt like this is too much. And the great news is, is greater is he that is in you, in you, than anything that can be thrown at you or used against you any power that the enemy has in this world. You're being set up for a comeback. I can remember watching a Steelers game. And it was one of those games, my beautiful family, where the Steelers were on top of it. I mean, they are just, it was just amazing but then my worst nightmare started happening. They started losing, and I noticed something that started happening. They were a couple scores down, and I noticed there was a few minutes left in the game, and as they would pan, the stadium, there were Steelers fans already getting up and starting to leave. And I'm like, what are you doing? What they didn't know as they were heading to their cars and heading home, that the Steelers turned it around and they ended up winning that game. What I came to say to you this morning is people may have gotten up out of their seats. People may have walked away from you and said, oh, this is too bad. You know what? We need to just pronounce this. But what God is saying to you this morning, I don't care who walked away from you. If God is for you, who can be against you? There is no weapon that's formed against you that's going to prosper because God has already fixed it. He says you are the winner. So whoever said goodbye, there are times where you need to say sayonara. If God is for you, then who can be against you? It's time for you now, family, to make a comeback. And maybe it is a throwback situation for you. Maybe it's like, man, I keep looking back. I keep looking back and thinking it was so much better then or how could that have happened? God wants to do something. New season. I speak that over your life. It's a new season. He doesn't want you to carry the same brokenness with you from season to season to season. I need my my second service to shout, no more throwback! Let me hear you. No more throwback. I need you to know that you're setback doesn't mean that you've missed God somewhere. Just because you might be right in the middle of a setback, that probably means you're doing it right. And so persevere, you stand. You stand by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Having done all to stand, you dig in those heels and you stand. It's temporary, it's a setback. Maybe it is a hijacking situation. I would say to you today is God is greater. God is greater. It's not too late. God is greater. God has the final word. It's not too late. God has the final word. God is greater. It's time to make a comeback. His Holy Spirit in you. His Holy Spirit in you generates the power that you need. So whatever it is, stand today. Victory, I speak victory over your life. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? We thank you, God. These tests and these trials and these difficult things they only come to make us stronger, God. So we're gonna keep standing. We're gonna keep standing. We're gonna keep trusting in you. We're gonna keep our eyes on you, God, so that the good old days are are still in front of us. We believe that that the best is still in front of us, God. The good new days are. Better than the good old days. Speak that deep inside of us today, God. I pray. If you'll keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're here or you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, I'm going to say a prayer and I want to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if you'll just repeat this prayer after me, this is you becoming a Christian today. Would you say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I trust you. Take away my sin. Take away my shame. Take away all that guilt. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate with people giving their lives to Jesus today, family? And look, this is the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life, and so we don't want you to walk this journey alone. I've got a couple friends, Jason and Brittany Hillier, and they're our new believer guides, and what they'll do if you'll text the word heaven just take your cell phone out here if you're at home take your cell phone out and text the word heaven to 41411 what Jason and Brittany will do is they'll they'll introduce themselves and they'll walk with you on this first part of your journey with Christ you might have some questions you might be like okay what did I just do they'll be able to answer those questions and more you don't want to go it alone and so I want to invite you make sure you do text heaven to 41411. If you're here, would you stand up with me? Look, 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 you guys. I'm so glad to be back. It's so good to see you. And look, don't let anything or anyone stop you from making your comeback. There is a purpose for what you've been through, okay? There's a purpose for what you've been through. God has the final word over your life. I love you from the bottom of my heart. See you next time, fam.